Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cat's catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have a very special guest, and I'm extremely excited for this interview because for months I've been trying to solve two of the most salacious rumors from the Cat's Rumor Mill, and today I think we will find out the true answers. So he starred as Rum Tug Tugger in the 2016 Broadway revival of Cats. Welcome, Tyler Haynes, and thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So I'll, I'll give us some time before okay. we get into that, but I want to start with your history of cats. So before you became the infamous rug tug tug, rum tug tugger, rum tum rum tum tugger, I call him just tugger. It's such <laughs> a, a every so single so name is a is a mouthful. Yeah, and isn't so it? I the only one I really wanted to keep was um, I wanted to call Bus for Jones Bus for Rhymes the whole time. How uh, inappropriate can I be? As much as you want, okay? Because yeah, we yeah. called him Butt Stuffer Jones. <laughs> Okay. So it's going to be that kind of podcast today. I'm excited. Just letting you know. I'm excited. So before you <laughs> took on, what did you have a nickname for Tugger? Oh, it's just Tugger. Just Tugger. It's just okay. Tugger. Yeah. That's enough already. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, come on. It says so much. <laughs> okay. So how much, were you, had you seen the show before you became Tugger? Was there, you know, a childhood moment where you saw it or what's your history with the yeah, show? Yeah. So I, um, growing up, the cat eyes I saw everywhere. Um, I was very familiar with the song Memory, and then I saw the original Broadway production, not not the original cast, uh, but I saw it back in 98. Uh, a girl from my high school, Meg Gillantine, was Cassandra, so we were up here on a school trip. I saw it, um, and I did not love it, but I <laughs> okay. think it was because it had been built up my whole life, and and uh, and then I was just like, it's it's... This is just a, a big ballet with cats. Uh, then I saw it again a couple years later, hoping that I would enjoy it more and trying to find more in it. And I didn't find much more in it. And then I was cast in the show and then immediately drank the Kool-Aid and fell in love with it. I mean, like I got roped in the minute Jillian Lynn, the first 15 minutes, the only 15 minutes she spent with us, we had to roll around each other and, 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 uh, grind on each other and get to know each other really quickly. And I was like, this show is for me. Yeah. And then, and then Trevor Nunn just like told us the origin and I was hooked and I loved it. I loved doing it. I love being a part of it. How so would, I've been on both sides of it. How would you explain the origin? You've had some actual inside information because most people don't know. Well, it, what, what? Trevor had told us was I, I I think Andrew went to him with the idea or they came up with it together. I know that T. S. Eliot's estate said that uh, they signed off on it as long as they stayed true to the poetry and didn't add anything. I know Grizabella was a poem, a lost poem that they found. That was and, too scary for children, yes, which is yes. why they didn't put it in the book. And then Memory, the song Memory, he had that, Andrew Lloyd Webber had that in his, he had been writing that for a while and didn't know where to put it and didn't find the right home for it. And so once they found that, then they married the two and thus gave Katz um, kind of an antihero, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, and then 
they premiered it and it was it became what it became what it, it is, is now yeah. you know yeah that is okay that's super interesting i did not realize that memory was not written directly for it it yeah. was already written that's what i mean that's what if i my mem my memory serves me correctly that's what they told us on day one three years ago what was your direction for your character because your character in 2016 is coming off of the rapping street cat version yeah which Tug was a, which was a disaster um it's interesting because in when they were auditioning for this revival everyone thought that they were going to go in that direction especially once andy blankenbuehler signed on fresh off of Hamilton and people were like, it's going to be Hamil cats and all these, there was like this, all these rumors of who was going to be playing rum, Tom Tugger. Um, for me, initially I wasn't, I didn't even audition for the role. I was up for another role. And then in my final callback, they had me, um, I didn't know the material. So they just had me sing a rock song of my own. And, and it was basically because of that, my banter with Trevor Nunn that, got me the job and my direction it was hard because with cats like i said jillian lynn was only there the first day for a very short period of time and then she wasn't there anymore and then andy they gave control to andy and andy created something new and so we didn't have necessarily a show bible to work off of from previous productions chrissy cartwright who uh was jillian lynn's associate she was there on hand to help guide us, but it was really kind of, we got to start fresh with it. And for me, it was hard because I had a lot of, there were a lot of cooks in the kitchen. I probably mm -hmm. shouldn't say this, but the show is done now. So <laughs> here it is, y'all. Um, so I had like, you know, one, you know, somebody being like, this is who he is. And somebody else being like, no, this is who he is. And I had all these people coming at me with like this idea of who Tugger was. And for me, I didn't grow up on the movie or the show and it was just i was kind of like i didn't have anything to base it off of so the direction i chose to go with it was trevor pulled me aside and was like all right so i watch you in rehearsals and half the time you're super professional and the other half the time you're a bratty five-year-old so that's who tugger is i want you to go with that and i was like okay i can do that so i started just making a lot of off-the-wall choices and you know the term where it's like you throw spaghetti in to see if it sticks? I was just throwing mm -hmm. spaghetti the whole run. I just didn't even see if – I just didn't wait. I just tried everything. And there were a lot of people that I, I based – you know, I studied a lot of uh, uh, Freddie Mercury and Bruno Mars and Prince and Bob Fosse and Herman Munster and like, like random things, the genie from Aladdin, like all these. I was just nonstop playing throughout the whole run, and that's what made it so fun for me because I was with it for the whole run and each show I just tried something different and Trevor really encouraged that and it was the most fun I've ever had. That's amazing. So I guess you, did you boot up the VHS and even watch the the movie before or did you just kind of come in and try to create it completely yourself? Well, I, I, I did a couple months before, uh, Sarah Jean Ford who played or else Jelly Lorem She's my best friend from college, and when we got cast in the show, <laughs> I'm just laughing because I just remember when we both found out that we got... We never thought that we'd be in the same show together because we're just very different performers. We're similar actors, but, you know, like, 
I'm a chorus line, and she's Christine and Phantom of the Opera. Those worlds don't really combine. But cats unites but all. But Cats unites all. So we finally got to do a show together, and we were like, all right, we need to sit down and watch the movie. And within the first 10 minutes, I was like, can we stop now? And she was like, no, we have to watch it. Because I was like, I don't know if I can sit through this. And I have to say, I'm, I'm being honest about this because I love this show now. But at that point, I was just like, oh, man. And uh, so we sat through the whole thing. We Not sat there. We watched the whole thing. Yeah. You, and you endured it, basically. We endured it. Yeah. And then okay. that was and that was the last time I ever watched it. I thought I would watch it again after the show was done. But I just haven't. And I probably won't. Um, because I like the version of Cats that I was in. And uh, I just didn't... I didn't... A lot of people tend to... A lot of actors will go to look to that as a source for like as their Bible. And for me, I just tried to stay away from it because John Partridge, who was from Tom Tugger in that, did a great job. I just kind of wanted to create my own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's why I tend to veer away from the yeah, movie. Absolutely. I I do. I watched it one sitting as well. I've seen it one time. All right. Um, I have watched a lot of the YouTube clips because that's what it comes from. But the first time I saw it and I saw Mr. Mistopheles shooting lightning bolts out of his hands, I was like, why can't we have that in the theater? Yeah, right. That was, you know, high effects for the, what, 90s? That was high budget. Yeah. So I want to talk about your song. Okay, let's do it. How many furries do you think you created with your song? Me, Tyler Haynes? Yes. (laughs) I don't think I created any. None? I think, no, I think, I think, I think Tugger definitely did. That was the funny thing about uh, what we realized with this show, and this show is such a phenomenon, that the people, the audience, the audiences that we had were just, they just had so many different walks of life and there were different demographics for each character. Um, and I know for me, the thing that I enjoyed the most, and it was, I was never taking it as like, Oh me, Tyler, like I'm making them feel this way. It was the character because oftentimes I would come out the stage door and people would be disappointed that I wasn't in like leather and chains (laughs) and whatever. I'd come out in like glasses and be a big old letdown. Um, but whatever, this is life. But there was, <laughs> I, I got a lot of uh, older females, and then I got a lot of like really, this was surprising, like butch jocks, like that were dads that were like weirdly turned on by my character. So <laughs> they wanted to be your character. Sure, be, be in, whatever. Be. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Told you. <laughs> so your your song. Um, and I think hopefully people have listened to the episode I, I talked about. Your song is overly sexual. Yeah. And so in the movie, um, and this is what I was basing off of, because I did see your performance, but I was so lost the first time I saw it. I mm-hmm. was trying to figure out. I had no context of what it was. I didn't know. I just had free tickets on a on a preview. Cool. And, um, and so I remember when yours came out, I was like, oh, this is fun. This is a fun song. But in the movie, there is a lot of crotch thrusts, mm-hmm. and there's – a few situations where it looks like it's about to hit a female cat in the face. Sure. Did you ever experience that in rehearsal? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Are you kidding? Come on. All the time? Um, not all the time. It was, uh, like I said, Andy Blankenbuehler reworked that number. And so we didn't do that number. We did not stay true to Jillian Lynn's choreography. And Tyler, me, I am a fan of just a pelvic thrust. <laughs> and so like... If Andy didn't put it in the show, I would make sure it was in there. And also I had, you know, my partner 
for majority of the show was Christine Cornish Smith, who you interviewed, who was Bob mm-hmm. Ballerina, who is, so you put the two of us together and it's trouble because we are both very, our sense, senses of humor tend to lean a little more provocative. And so it, there was, yes, a lot of pelvic thrusts into probably her head, um, <laughs> you know, which which was what it was. I was going to say, keep going. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, if she was here, she could comment on it. But uh, if she didn't already, I don't know. It was fun. I mean, they that his, uh, and I'm going to keep talking about Tugger, like in the, his, because he is a his own thing. And for me, he was his own thing, if that makes any sense. Um, and I loved playing him because there was so much freedom and he's fearless and I just learned a lot. But especially... Once you put that costume on and with that song and just his entrance alone is just so, you just feel like a freaking rock star. And then being on that stage and having people scream for you and like, how could you not like just like gyrate on some cat's <laughs> nose? Like, cause they're right there and they're wanting it. So you know what? There it was. That's, that's amazing. Um, if you so, have to edit any of this out. No, no, nothing gets edited. <laughs> nothing gets edited. Um, so I, I do think oh, your character does have an interesting potential family tree when you think about it from that yeah. perspective. How would you interpret that? Well, I so I had my own interpretation of backstories with each uh, with with different characters in the show. And for me, I want to hear all of those. Okay, so they had told us. On day one, that Monk, Monkey Strap, and Tugger were brothers and were Deuteronomy's sons. Yep. And Monk was the chosen prince, and Tugger was the rebel. And so I'm not a big Game of Thrones fan. Uh, Andy Huntington Jones was like, oh, we're like Jon Snow and the other guy. I don't, I don't know what that <laughs> reference was. But I really went with the whole Prince William, Prince Harry thing. Okay. Um, so that's kind of, I was like, all right. And Andy and I, and I love him, he was great in the show he's a great guy um but we heard very we kind of turned into our characters during rehearsals and previews he uh he's a little more diligent and consistent and i'm just kind of uh, can be a hurricane in rehearsals as far as just trying whatever and trying to get a reaction and um, and we really created a special relationship. So the other element to that family that I had, that there have been like stories out there that I really went with that was that uh, McCavity was the third brother. Okay, third yeah. brother. Yeah, and he was like the middle son. And then, so that's kind of interesting when you think about Demeter and mm-hmm. the sisters and. Mm-hmm. And potentially that being someone that you're in a relationship with or mm-hmm. a brother-sister with. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, it was just my brothers were Monk and McCavity, uh, and I was the youngest. And McCavity just kind of went awry and uh, went off on his own and kind of defied the tribe and his father and was, you know, working his revenge and basically raising hell within okay. the tribe. So now let's move to the one that has all the fan fiction about it. But Mr. Mistopheles, what was your backstory? Okay, well, that? I mean, it's interesting because he. There's a lot of backstories written out there for you. If there you is, and and coincidentally, Ricky Ubeda, who played, who was the original Mistopheles in our production, we uh, were buddies. We did on the town on Broadway together, and we decorated our room and all that, you know, 
the artwork, the erotic the cat artwork. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we called it Tagophilies. That was Tugophilies. that was a, that okay. was our name for it. Um, because I didn't until I heard your podcast saying Tugstopheles, I was like, oh, I always thought it was Tugophiles, or that's what we yeah. called it. But we decorated. There's no right answer or see, wrong answer here. There it is. Our room was decorated, um, and a lot of that uh, Tugophiles like erotic art that we framed, and that was just kind of, like we went with it because because it's awesome. It's out there in these stories and this this fan fiction, and really kind of for for us and for me like. Tugger is a very, he just, you know, he just likes love and he <laughs> likes anything. And Misto is his, his boy and also his, his boy, his boy, <laughs> um, in every sense of the word. So, um, but ultimately they were best friends and that was something that Ricky and I, he is, one of my dearest friends. He's such a great guy. And we just had the best time. And I think it translated on stage because we just like making each other laugh to this day. Like he's one of my favorite people. And his, uh, the guy who played Misto uh, for the last half of it, Zachary Downer, equally as fun, totally different, super talented, but like game to just play. And that's so much of cats. Why it's so much fun to do is because you just get to play around so much. And so you have to say yes. And you have to be, you have to just dive into the world. And, and that's why I love doing it. That's awesome. You know, there's a bunch of fan art Instagram accounts that are probably thrilled to know that you hung stuff up. Yeah, I think, well, on that, we did a Broadway.com vlog. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. And uh, somebody reached out to me on one of the social media platforms because a lot of the footage it's me it's ricky and myself in our dressing room and they saw the their artwork up um because we like you know it was it was awesome i mean we really ran with it and people the fans really embraced that vlog that we did and um we just embraced the fans because that's why this show is the success that it is so I've got one more family tree question before we get into the the two rumors that I need you to okay. to debunk for for the world. Um, do you think Grizabella is your mom, or no. what is the relationship in that? Well, for me, uh, I didn't go in that direction with Grizabella. Okay. I went in the direction um, that this is a long story. Uh, basically, as a kitten, um, I Grizabella was active in the tribe, and I very much idol worshipped her and had a crush on her and whatever and jelly lorem and i were like little kitten friends because sarah ford we sarah ford and myself we built our show around each other which was really fun because like i said we just like to laugh um and then essentially grizabella is the person not the person the the cat that turned tugger into tugger uh because grizabella deflowered tugger and then broke his heart and then went off with McCavity and like killed the last ounce of his kitten. So between that and then Tugger had, uh, Tugger's owner was a girl that, this is all my stories. This so is, your like, story. is this written out in the fan fiction? Because it sounds no, this, like it. Oh, so no, far. this is written out in like my t- Tugger journal because <laughs> I'm a total nerd and I write out like character biographies and everything. And, and so I'd be sitting on like top of the car during tech when they were teching. 
uh, Buster for Jones just writing out the story because it's just stuff for me that I have to know. But my owner was a little girl that was very much like Veruca Salt, Veruca Salt from Willy Wonka, just a little brat who would just dress me up like that. And I was just a pampered kitten that she played dress up with. So I was a punk partially because of her, partially because of being screwed over by Grizabella and partially because like I could, like I could get away with it because I was Deuteronomy's son and nobody's going to do anything. And so I'm just, just like, all right, this is my world. That's a, that's almost a better story. Why don't we go with that okay. for the musical? Great. Centered around you. Perfect. That's around Tugger. That's, Tugger that's presents cats. Okay. Let's get into the two rumors. Okay. The one that I want to read, so it's word for word, but it says there is speculation among both actors and fans of the 2016 Broadway revival that there is some sort of rocky relationship between Tugger and Skimbleshanks, often one that changes every night, heated enemies, good friends, or lovers. What do you have to say? Is it true? Is there... It is true. True. Um, okay, so Jeremy Davis, who was the original Skimbleshanks, 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 uh, Skim, Skim, he... Uh, Great guy, great guy. Um, also, in my opinion, looked was the hottest cat. Once he got hit the makeup on, I was like, "You win. You are the hottest cat, hands down." <laughs> so, Jeremy Davis, that's for you. Um, anyway, so Jeremy and I had worked together a couple years before in a film, and we reunited in this show, and we just had a great time. And and the way that there are the people, there are the cats that are pro Tugger and against Tugger. Um, and Skimbleshanks is very much against Tugger. Well, how the whole Tugger Shanks, that's what the T fans called it, Tugger, Tugger Shanks. Shanks. All right. Tugger Shanks came about, I believe, um, we, had, we had the best fans during the revival, and there was a group of them that would come to the show all the time, and each one of them identified with a different cat. And, uh, and I believe it was... I feel like the Tugger Shanks thing came about because the one that identified with Skimble Shanks and the one that I that identified with Tugger, I don't know, planted a seed with one of us being like, maybe Jeremy and I did something on stage one night uh, during, what number was it during? I think it might have been during the ball. I feel like it was an act two. There was something. There was always an interaction that it's, I think, one night they saw something and so then they kind of planted the seed. Well, me being like just game to try whatever, I was like, all right, so Jeremy and I are going to play this up one night. And we just ended up playing different scenarios every night. Um, it started off, started off as something fun just to like entertain more of the audience who's really, really looking for something like that. But then we ultimately just... Uh, it became something for us. I really wish I could remember exactly what moment it was, um, but it was definitely in there, and we 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 played it up or didn't play it up. You know. Yeah. How long did that go? It went. I think it pretty much. I think it started. Ha Jeremy left to go to Frozen. He was there for the first year, I think, and it started about halfway, maybe about three three or four months into the run, and it went all the way until he left. Wow. Um, because. It was just fun. I mean, like, that was just it. You would find these different moments with different actors on stage. And if they were game, then it became part of your show. And that's the beauty of Cats. You can just adjust it accordingly every night. And that was 
why I remained with the show so much because it always kept it fresh. And some nights I'd feel this way about someone, the next night I would totally not. And because that's how cats are. They're bipolar. They're all over the place. So do those super fans know that you kind of did this because of their... I think so. I like think they're, so. They're I mean, in on it? Yeah, I think so. I think, I, I, I think they're probably listening right now. <laughs> and they're hopefully having a, a chuckle about that because I think they definitely know. As they're drawing. As they're drawing, I hope. Tuxopolis <laughs> to send to you now. Or Tugger Shanks, man. Tugger Shanks. Tugger Shanks. That was where it started off Tugopolis and then it ended up Tugger Shanks by the end of the run. <laughs> did you have any other heated battles with anybody else? Um... Let me think. No, I think I pretty much kept it like my my love interests in, in that show were on Ballerina, um, Skimble, and Misto. I remember at one point, I remember fans getting really mad because Kim Foray, who was the first Demeter, her and I are good friends, and she posted a photo of her and I in character and she wrote like Demeter loves Tugger and the fans like came for her. And <laughs> not allowed. Like, no, absolutely <laughs> not. That is Monk's girl. And like, and she, she was just like, this is nuts. And I was like, well, there it is. There I it thought, is. I always thought she was in an abusive relationship with McCavity. Oh, she is. She totally is. Okay. I mean, that guy, like he's, you've got her that's like, you know, dealing with trauma and then you've got Bombal Urena who like got off on it. Like you've got the two extremes of like abuse right there. Yeah. It's by far become one of my favorite songs. It's well, in, it's the, the it's, show. it's my, I agree. It's my favorite song. And it's the, when we did the sits pro for the show, that was the most exciting part with the orchestra and like, and those girls just like melting their faces off. And especially with like Kim and Christine who are just so freaking talented just it was in that room just hearing it all come to life it was thrilling thrilling yeah your song and that song created furries there are multiple people who are now furries because of watching those two songs great i will take credit for both yeah so the, not the furry but different segue here <laughs> too but, late i already took but, credit it's all mine with with mccavity being a great song who would you say if you weren't tugger would you either want to play or who is your favorite cat and then least favorite cat? Not actors, just characters, totally. stories. Um, I, it's interesting. I don't know who I would, I, I think if I ever revisited this show, the only cat that I would want to play is Gus. Um, I love Gus. I love Gus. I remember Christopher Gurr, who just gave a master class every night him and Sarah Jean Ford and Sarah Jane Shanks, who came in after Sarah Ford left. Uh, it was just such a beautiful moment. I remember the first time that they, that Sarah Ford and Gurr did the, it was like the last number that they blocked during rehearsals. And then we were in new 42 and I'm sitting on top of the wood oven cause they had a mock set and they did the song for the first time and literally like you look around the room and we're all like perched as cats, like just like crying. <laughs> and Andy Blankenbiller was looking at us like, like, what the hell is this? Because it was just so beautiful. And it was just the two of them were just magic together. Uh, and so was Sarah Jane with Gar. But Gus so, is my favorite. Can I cut you off real quick? Because I do think, I think it's a weird choice to make that the first thing like out of intermission. Yeah. Because it's such a powerful, emotional song, and it's like people coming back from mm -hmm. getting candy. Yeah. I think that, I mean, it. I, I don't know where else it would go necessarily in the show, unless because it's like you have to end act one with the ball. 
and then you have the intermission where you've got uh, Deuteronomy on stage being mobbed by the audience. Selfies, selfies everywhere. Yeah, which was just nuts. And up in our our warm up space, they had a, a TV which was doing a live feed, so we would watch it. And it looked like just a zombie apocalypse, like crawling <laughs> up all over him. It was crazy. And then right after that, he scolds us, Deuteronomy, in the moments of happiness because it's just like you are bad kittens for treating Grizabella like that. And then it goes into Gus. So it's kind of like, you know, it, it's a slow burn, I guess. But it just seems like that would be the only place because it, there are like two ballads in the show and that's it. I think you're overvaluing how much thought went into the order of the story. I there's probably not a am. Lot of, there's I not a lot of story am. here. I know, but see, that's that's my job as an actor yeah, to like to thread a through line. And for me, like had that whole show, I it was full. Like I had every moment <laughs> of like, you, you might not have known, but for me, I went on a ride every night. <laughs> so let's talk about the movie. Okay. Either the first version or the the updated one, whichever yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Did you see it? What I you saw. Think? Yeah, I saw the updated one um, the day after Christmas, and I was really really excited to see it because I know when when the first trailer came out, uh, and there was this huge uproar about it. And my my take on it was it's exactly what I thought it would be. Uh, it's a weird show. So it's going to be a weird movie. And they already filmed the Broadway production back in 98 for PBS. So if they weren't going to switch it up, then why do it? Um, and they did. They switched it up. Uh, it's to it's not the Broadway show. Um, and there were some choices in it that I really, really liked. I thought uh, the dancing was great. I would have liked to see more of the dancing, but I had a lot of friends in it. And I thought what they were doing was great and I know how I know how hard they all worked on that movie because I know how hard we worked on the show and people the thing that was weird for us bringing it back to our revival was we worked it was such a hard show to do and I feel like a lot of people just like had so many negative feelings towards the show and towards us because they just don't like the show cats and so they were just wanting it to fail um, not everybody, but it's just something, it's a stigma that's attached to the show. You either love it or you hate it. It's very polarizing. So I think with the film, like it was, it had everything going against it before a trailer was even released. Mm -hmm. People were wanting to watch it fail before they saw anything. So the minute that the trailer came out and it's a weird movie, it should be, it's exactly what I thought it would be. And, and then people were just like, just wanting it to fail and is it a perfect film? No, but it has a lot of really great things about it. And I'm glad that they did a different, that there is a different take on, on the show because there needed to be a different take with it mm -hmm. because they already filmed the Broadway show. Yeah. And so they tried some new things and some of them worked and some of them didn't work as well as I'm sure they hoped, but like I had a good time and like I thought the cast, they did a good job. Yeah. So we went into... A lot of detail the day after the show. I saw it with Alan Seals from the theater podcast with Alan Seals. And love that show. Great show. And so I I covered a lot of this. I think the stuff that like I agree with you. I thought the dancing was phenomenal. I thought it was really weirdly cut to yeah. not make you able to see a lot of it. Yeah. Especially yeah. with the talent that they had yeah. doing those those numbers. Um, the only things that like really still bother me looking back multiple weeks later 
is what they did with Mr. Mistopheles. I did not like that character being kind of nerdy and quiet mm-hmm. and unsure of himself. Mm-hmm. Like it's such a confident character normally. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a big fan of that decision. Um, and I, the ending just blew my mind when Judy Dench just speaks to you. Oh, right. Over and over right and on. over right again. On. Yeah, um, I could see that. Those are the only two things. Like I, I thought the acting was great. I thought there were numbers that were really, really well done. I, I think it's uh, like you said, very overblown because a lot of people are rooting for it to fail. And yeah. then it's kind of a it's kind of a running joke now. Of like, yeah, it's an easy punchline for of a lot course, of things. Of course, and that's and that's where it it it's that's just what cats is. Unfortunately, I mean, but the thing is, like, it's definitely and I you know there are things. I, the, my favorite part of the movie, I will say, this is going back on the Tugger Shanks thing, was Skimble Shanks. I thought that number and I thought that actor, I loved. I loved it. I was like, I feel like they took Misto's dancing away from Misto and then gave it to Skimble Shanks. Yeah. Like they gave him like the dance number because Misto in in the movie, not trying to like spoil anything, but like isn't it's the been dancer. around for forty years. Yeah. You can't spoil it. Well, that's true. I mean, just yeah, singing and dancing <laughs> cats. That's all it is. But not in the movie with Misto. At least uh, they uh, made him not the dancer that he is in the show. And so they just kind of switched it over to Skimble Shanks and he got that moment. Okay. So I'm, I'm not going to let you off the hook. I still want to hear your least favorite cat. And then I do have another rumor still. Okay. I love, let's keep going with the rumors. Least favorite cat. Hmm. And it's not, it's not anything with the actors. Like I said, I liked the actors (laughs) of, but I think my least favorite cat was probably syllabub. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I just always, I think it was just more, I don't know. I, for some reason I found that character. I just didn't really, um, I don't know. I just, it, I would just pick syllabub. No one said Peter and that's the answer. But, but here's the thing that's fascinating to me because you have, you have this disdain for Peter, but just there's because also, they named him Peter. But what about Victor or Bill Bailey? I, I don't know. Something What's, about Peter. But just, Peter, it's it, something like. Something about just Peter being in the naming of the cats. Cause it's not, they're not. The rest of them, like Victor's not even, it's Peter. It's, I mean, it's a saint. Okay. I was going more with like male genitalia, but yeah, like St. Peter, there you go. Uh, I was just thinking it's like, <laughs> it is the, one of the most common names, not in yeah. a bad way, but it's just a very common traditional name and a show that has very few other of those. Fair enough. <laughs> that, that's why. That's why. No, fair so, enough. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Here's the other rumor that. And this is was buried deep in YouTube comments. Okay. So I have no idea if there's any truth to this. All right. But it does involve you. Okay. And someone said that they went to see the revival in 2016, and that at one point there was a lady in the first couple rows in a rum tug tugger costume, and you got off stage and went and took her seat and made her get up. Yeah. Oh wait. Yeah. Is that no, true? I did. I did. I forgot that. Oh my god. Okay, so there, there is a moment, I totally forgot that. There is a moment in the show, in the revival, I know in the original show too, Tugger would go out to the audience. And um, make kids cry. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what Sarah said. She just made children cry. Yeah, well, it was like in Green <laughs> Before I want to get back on, on Green Eyes because I have a funny story about that, but let me finish that story. Um, with our show, Tugger would go out and then they had this giant, like, uh, camera and you would take a selfie with the audience and then there was this Instagram ac- account that would upload the photos every night. So there was, and we had a 
fun time with that. Like I would be like, all right, give me a theme. I would ask different cast members, like what would the theme be for this night or that night? And so if you really looked at the photos, you would, it would be a guessing game of like the theme or with uh, Sarah Jenkins, who was Jenny Annie Dots, we had a whole storyline going through it with the photos that would go on for a couple of weeks of like a relationship that you'd really have to dissect and see. But we knew it was up, but there was somebody dressed up as Tugger, I remember. And I did, I think I, I sat down I made that person get up and do something in the audience as Tugger while I sat there as an audience member and watched. Um, I mean, I remember, and they were dressed as, for some reason I feel like they were dressed as somebody else, but obviously it would have been Tugger because I wouldn't have. To be fair, this is an audience that's recounting it on YouTube in the comments. I mean, it's probably more factual. Could be anybody. There were so many things that like we did during that photo moment, like, I mean, it was just, you just, as an audience member, you had to say yes. And there are people that would be totally game. And then there would be people that would just not want to be in the photo. And it would just kind of be like a lesson in like reading people's body language. I remember there was one kid who had like some M&Ms and I started eating his M&Ms and he got pissed, pissed. Um, Why you don't bring children to the show. Yeah. But, but see, the thing was, and this is the other story I want to talk about. And Green Eyes at the top of the show, which I find terrifying. I think Green Eyes is so scary. Um, and I loved it because I would love to scare people as would Sarah and we would just creep up behind people in the pitch black and then flash the green eyes in their face and they'd freak out. And it was always the adults that got more scared than the children. The adults were more terrified than the kids were. But I remember one time and God got me because I loved scaring people. And one time during green eyes, I went down and I scared this little girl and she punched me in the face. (laughs) Like her, her, like in her reflexes were just like, she punched me in the face and Jennifer Rogers, our stage manager, because on the monitor, you could see out to the audience. It was in like night vision and she saw it and was laughing because like it was bound to happen yeah. over a year and a half because I just, you know, like, like scared people. That little girl clocked me and it was hilarious. That's amazing. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> so I do have... One final question before that, though, I want to know, what are you working on currently? Where can we see you? Uh, right now, I am just, uh, I just finished choreographing Kristen Chenoweth's most recent Broadway show. And now I am back to the grind of being an actor. I've got a couple of concert gigs coming up, all this blah, 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 boring stuff. But uh, yeah, a couple things in the works. But at this current moment, I am talking to you. Amazing. Okay, my final question. And you know it's coming. I have spent the entire podcast saying that Grizabelle was the wrong cat to die. So do you agree with me? Or if you disagree with me, well, I guess if you agree with me, who do you think should have died at the end? And if you disagree with me, why should Grizabelle have died? Um, I think Gus should have died. Like, I think Gus was on his last leg. And, like, Grizabella, like, I mean, listen, like, she gets that moment. But, like, I think the twist would have been Gus to, like... Because the thing that I say with cats is like cats is like American Idol for felines. Like everyone's just like, pick me, pick me. My character was not like that. He was just there to like have a party and like party. Like he doesn't want to go. He's got more life to live. And Grizabella, it's, it's, you know, maybe I sound like a jerk. But I, for me, I was always like, wait, why is Gus not going? Like he just had this moment and maybe he goes after this and crawls off and dies. But if he's going to crawl off and die, you might as well like just let him go on that last ride flying through the sky to the yeah. heavy side lair. 
You know, like Chris, Chris has got a couple more like diseases to catch. Like <laughs> let her do her thing. She's got, she's got more rehab to go <laughs> yeah, through. Yeah, right? come on. Like she's got, she needs to like, you know, she needs to take life's, you know, negative things and turn into something positive. I, I <laughs> stop being a victim. Completely. This agree. is, I'm going to have so agree. many fans come for me right now. <laughs> They're going to come for me because I've covered for Grizabella and that's not a reflection on Mamie or Leona. It's just, uh, why do we feel so sorry for Grizabella? What about Gus? Justice right. for Gus. For sure. What about Tuxtopheles or what's uh, your version? Tuxtopheles. Tuxtopheles. Oh, there's, there's still, no stop. They, they, there's never a stop I think you that. should, you should go together like Bert and Ernie. Yeah, we should. They pro- we probably will. <laughs> it's got to be something epic. Something epic. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This How can fun. we find you on social media so, uh, so everyone can comment and send you that hate mail and or some new <laughs> or like, some new like fan erotic art. fan art? New like, fan art. Come on, Tugger Shanks. Uh, I'm at the Tyler Haynes. Amazing. Well, thanks for listening to this bonus episode with Tyler Haynes on The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wrong Cat Died, or check out our website, thewrongcatdied.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.